join your name with those being baptized, let us know. Uh, you can all let us know at Connection Point, or I will be in the lobby after the service. Um, all right, so we are in second week of our worship series. Now, I've spent, uh, as I shared last week, I've spent a, a little more than 20 years as a worship leader. If you count uh, from, from college uh, all the way up into just a few years ago, and even, even now, I'll, I'll stand up here, you'll see me with the guitar and lead worship, and, and I love what these guys are doing. These guys did, did an awesome job today. And um, so worship is something that is a part of, of really who I am. And so I'm always, um, I'm always thinking about music and worship and using that creativity um, to give glory to God, um, mainly because I've just been doing it for, for so long. And I even see it in, in, in some of our kids uh, that, we, uh, that we have. And, and some of them are, um, are using their gifts and abilities to either sing or, 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 or play instruments and give their uh, worship to the Lord. And, uh, but one of the things I've learned about worship is worship is so much greater than about the music. It's so much more about a lifestyle, about our life. And so one thing uh, that I shared last week that we can uh, understand is this, that the more we understand worship outside of music, then the more we understand the music time of worship. So with the more we understand worship outside of music... Okay, outside of what we do here, the more we understand that, that worship is a lifestyle, then the more we're going to understand worship, what worship is in, in our time of, of, of corporate worship. So let me explain this. Um, you and I gather together here on Sundays, and we, uh, we worship the Lord, and it's a corporate time of worship. This right here is a byproduct of what we do during the week. So Monday through Saturday, there's different types of ways of, of, of worshiping, okay? And, um, and when we come here together on Sundays, this is sort of a, a byproduct of that. And so I would encourage you to make worship a lifestyle. And again, it's not just about music. It's so much greater than that. Make worship a lifestyle to where when you come in here, it, this is something that, that uh, you're used to and that you uh, just want to give uh, your heart to the Lord and give your focus and attention uh, to him. And last week I talked about how um, you know, Jesus wants to come in and dine with us. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I'm going to come in. I want to dine with you. I want to spend time with you. And, and many people make uh, worship more about what, what you want to eat than where you, who you're eating it with. It's like if, if my wife and I were to go out and want to try to go on, go on a date, and we can't figure out, okay, where you want to go? Well, I, I, I don't know. Well, where you want to go? Well, I don't know. Well, I want to go here. I don't really like that. Well, I want to go here. I don't and then And then we get to the point to where we don't really even just go to dinner, or if we go to dinner, we don't really enjoy it because it's like we can't even decide. And, and the problem is that we made it more about where we're going to go than who we're having dinner with. And so many people in church, they make everything about what we're doing here, about what, you're, what you, the experience, rather than who you're experiencing it with. You know, you, you may like some of, the, uh, some of the things that we do as a church. You may like some things that other churches do. And, and I've seen all kinds of different types of worship. I've participated in all kinds of different types of, of uh, worship. And, um, and through that, um, we have a lighting issue that the guys are fixing. Sorry about that. Um, so with that, um, we have 
um, a wide variety of worship. And God loves that. You know, if you, if you go outside and look at all the different types of trees that exist out there, or the different types of flowers that exist out there, it's amazing how creative our God is and how diverse our God is. And so God likes for his worship to be as diverse and as true as his creation. So you have May One Church that they'll sing straight out of, out of the Red Book hymnal, you know. Won't have any other instruments or screens or that sort of deal. And I've been in those churches. I've been in those sort of backwoods churches. And let me tell you, I felt the presence of the Lord very strongly. I've been to different countries where people had to have hushed worship services. I felt the presence of the Lord. I felt the presence of the Lord, uh, obviously, here in other churches where you have uh, you know, other elements in, in our time of worship. And so God loves all of those things, but don't make it more about the experience. Make it about who you're having the experience with, and that is with Jesus Christ, your Savior, our Savior, the one in whom we should be worshiping. Last week, um, we uh, looked at Moses and the burning bush, and we looked at our approach to worship in order to kind of understand how we're wired for worship, how we're created for worship. We need to understand our approach to worship. And so uh, with, with what we learned with Moses and the burning bush, Moses saw this bush burning. He's like, okay, there's a bush burning over here. I, I could check that out or I could just leave it alone. But as he, as he was kind of looking at it from afar, he noticed, you know, I, I don't think, I don't see that thing sort of deteriorating. I don't see that bush like going away. It's still on fire and the bush is still there. That interests me. And so he looked, he, he walked towards it. And then the Bible said, God spoke. God did not speak until Moses put his attention, his focus on the bush on where God was, was wanting to speak. And then when God spoke, Moses learned a lot about God. He learned that God was holy. Take off your sandals for this is holy ground. And so with that experience, we can approach worship like Moses did. We can look towards, we can focus in on worship, that time of worship, whether it be here on Sunday morning or whether it be in our time of worship individually. We could stop focusing on that look and then allow God to... To speak to us, we can listen to him. So we look and we listen to how he's speaking to us. And then that's where we learn. And when we learn about God's grace, God's, God's plan for us, God's mercy, God's love, when we learn those things and God speaks those things and you write those things down, when you come here to corporate worship, you're like, man, he's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. I love my Savior. My Savior lives. Oh, the wonderful, beautiful cross. Thank you, Jesus. And it's an, an, a byproduct of how we worship through the week. So don't just make it about this experience. Make it about who you want to have the experience with. You know, there's, there's five, um, before I, I get into sort of my main points here, there's five reasons um, that, uh, that we uh, worship, we need to worship when we don't feel like it. So five reasons to worship when you don't feel like it. Now, let me tell you something. There have been times, as a, even as a worship pastor, I didn't feel like worshiping. I didn't feel like worshiping. 
In fact, I'm going to be real frank with you today. Uh, I, we kind of had a little bit of uh, you know, technical issues here this morning before uh, the service got started and everything. And then as a, as a band was playing and pe- people were worshiping and stuff, I was just kind of standing in the back, kind of going my thoughts and everything, kind of getting my, my head, head on straight. And then I was convicted. I was like, you know what, Frank? You need to stop worrying about that. And you need to go and worship the Lord. And so I stood here, got closer to where you guys were, stood there and just worship the Lord and uh, sang praises to him. And even though I didn't really feel like it, I knew it was the better choice. And let me tell you, I feel like God's going to speak through me today stronger because I had that moment with the Lord. So there are times we don't feel like worship. Are there times I don't feel like praying to the Lord in the morning? Absolutely. Are there times I don't feel like opening my Bible? Would I rather sleep in than get up early? Absolutely. Yes. So there are probably times where you don't just feel like, you know, being here. But let me give you five reasons to worship when you don't feel like it. So number one, or number five, we're going to do the countdown. Number five, we worship by faith. We worship by faith. We pray, give, and worship by faith. Meaning this, that when you worship, you're doing that by faith. Notice, and we're going to get more into this with other scripture, but when Moses heard the voice of the Lord, it wasn't until he, by faith, turned his focus and looked towards the bush, looked to where where God was wanting to to speak to him. And so by faith, You and I, as believers, for those who are believers here in this room, by faith, we turn our attention to him, even though we don't feel like it, but it is a center of our faith. We give by faith. We just gave. We give by faith. Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with this. I don't know what you're going to do with this money, but what are you going to do with it? I I trust in you by faith. I trust in you. And uh, same when we pray and when we worship. Uh, number four, uh, feelings should not dictate our actions. Principles should. So feelings should not dictate our actions, but principles should. So, you know, we may not feel like singing. We may not, may not feel like praying. may not feel, feel, feel. We've made it all about the feeling and, and, and less about the obedience and the focus and the faith. Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't really feel like doing this, but I know I need to. I need you. I need you to speak to me. I need to listen to you. And I need to learn from you. And so um, don't, don't let feelings dictate that. So uh, number, um, number three of the five reasons to worship when you don't feel like it. Uh, praise is a command. The Bible says shout to, the, shout to God. Clap your hands. Raise your hands in the sanctuary. The Bible says those things. We're about to read a bunch of scripture that talks about that. So clap your hands. Shout. Hallelujah. Raise your hands. Okay, there's all kinds of different expressions of worship. Okay, but worship, our praise, is actually a command. And so, as believers, we are commanded to to lift up the name of the Lord. And so, when you don't feel like it, say, well, I I got to. I have to. You may not feel like going to work, but you got to go to work, right? All right, number uh, number two, Uh, it's being true to who you really are. It's being true to who you really are. Um, You know, you may say, well, Frank, if I don't feel like 
worshiping. If I'd have had a lousy week, an awful week, and I come in here and I just lift my hands, aren't I a hypocrite for maybe some of the things that maybe I've done this week or maybe the, the bad week I've had and maybe, maybe um, I had, my boss was on me th- this week and nagging on me or maybe I have issues at home or maybe I've, uh, it was obvious I've done some, uh, some things this week, some bad choices. Am I hypocrite for coming in here and lifting my hands or singing or just focusing in on the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in my life? No, in fact, you're, you and I would be more of a hypocrite if we came in here and did nothing. You know why? Because it is our nature as believers to worship. So no matter what our week was like, no matter what our week was like, we got to come in and we got to say, all right, <laughs> awful week, awful week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that aside. I don't care what people think. I don't care what I think of myself. I'm going to come in and I'm going to worship. And because why? Because I'm called to worship. I'm made to worship. I'm a believer, and that's what believers do. They worship. So don't think of yourself as a hypocrite for coming here. Well, i got to have a great week to worship. No. In fact, if you had a bad week, it means you got to worship stronger. So the Lord will, will speak to you, and that you can learn from Him. And the, uh, the top reason is uh, He is worthy. Of the five reasons to worship when we don't feel like it, he is worthy. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our praise. His, if you read Scripture, some of the, the things that describe the holiness of God and the majesty of God, he is worthy of worship. What he's done in your life. For those who have accepted him as Savior and God called out to you and he knocked on the door of your heart and you opened the door and he came into your life and he came in and he dined with you and, and it became about you and him and that relationship and nothing else, that right there is reason to worship him because he is worthy. He is worthy. So those are just quick five reasons we do not feel like it because let me tell you what, I know some of you don't feel like worshiping. I know Monday morning comes, you're not going to feel like worshiping. When you're driving that commute to work, you want to listen to uh, uh, ESPN radio or talk radio or just listen to music rather than, uh, than uh, just spending some time with the Lord. Or you don't want to get up early, you don't feel like it. Some of you may not feel like coming to church on Sundays and worshiping, but, but we... We all need to focus in on that worship. Worship by faith. Don't let feelings dictate that. Praise is a command. And uh, be true to who you are. You're a believer. So we need to worship because he is worthy and he is holy. So this week we're, we're, we're talking about worship express or, or, or the expression of worship. Last week we talked about the approach of worship we're talking about the expression of worship. So there's all different types of biblical expressions of worship. And make, make sure I throw that very important word in there. Biblical expressions of worship. And so we're going to talk about those this week. But how many of y'all are either married or you're kind of in a, a, a serious relationship? Okay? Or maybe you've ever been married. All right, good. All right. So it, how would you like it if, if your special loved one, if, if they came to you and said, hey, you know what? I don't really, uh, I feel uncomfortable sort of expressing my love to you, you know? And so I'm just going to stop doing that. 
Like, you know, whether that be, you know, time with you or, you know, the lovey-doveys or the text, you know, thing y'all, you know, do or the Snapchat, you know, whatever, you know, or whatever you want to do, whatever is your uh, way of expressing love to one another. What if that person, y'all just kind of agreed, hey, we're not going to, we're not going to um, have that expression of worship. That wouldn't make you feel loved at all. You know, Suzanne and I, I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for my wife. And my, and my wife is not here today because she and Madison and Marion, uh, the girls, went away on a girls' retreat. And so it's just me and the guys. All right? And so it's, um, and I love my wife. And I love my wife even more right now at this very moment. You know, before she left, she goes, you know, honey, I've made a menu for you. And she's talking about food and, you know, getting, put all this food together. And I just was just kind of looking at her like a blank face there. And she looked, she stopped and she says, I have a feeling you're just going to go out to eat. I said, yeah, sweetie, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll eat as cheap as we possibly can. You know, but <laughs> that's just how we roll, you know. So anyway, so me and the, me and the guys are hanging out. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's four boys. I mean, it's I mean, you know, half of our family's out, but I still got four guys. And so, anyway, we're having a great, great time. But I love my wife, and I love expressing my love to her. And she loves expressing her love to me. But if that stopped, I'd be sad. I would be sad. And, and, and it wouldn't really, it really wouldn't um, obviously help our relationship. In fact, it would seem like we don't even have a relationship at all. Where aren't we as believers the bride of Christ, the beautiful bride of Christ? Yes, we are. And if we're the bride of Christ, then we need to worship him by how we express our worship. Jesus wants, to, uh, wants us to express our worship to him. And so um, um, there, there are, uh, uh, so worship is love expressed, love expressed. So um, some, some people think that the church just kind of worships uh, however they, however they want to worship and, and that sort of deal. Let me explain a couple of different ways. Some people kind of worship through what is called Christian dogma, and some people worship with Christian doctrine. So let me explain the two, dogma and and doctrine. Dogma is basically our um, opinion. Dogma is uh, is basically an established opinion of people over time. So it's it's an opinion about how we should worship over time. Well, I think we should worship this. I think we should worship this. Okay? I think, I think we, we, we can only sing hymnals. We should only sing hymns. I think we should only sing uh, praise choruses. I think we should you know, have a band. I don't think we should have any instruments at all. I think we should just have the organ. I think this. That right there, is a, those are opinions. That's Christian dogma. That is, create, that is Jesus wants to come and dine with you, and you're worrying about where you're going to eat rather than who you're going to dine with. Christian doctrine Christian doctrine, on the other hand, is established teaching that's based on the Word of God. Established teaching that's based on the Word of God. So we don't, we don't lift our hands because it's a, tra- a, a tradition. We don't lift our hands because it's a, tra- a tradition. We lift our hands for those who worship in that way. We lift our hands because it's an expression of our love to Him. We don't sing songs because it's a tradition. Oh, we got to come in here and we got to sing these songs. No, we want to sing be, 
because we love our Savior, because it's an act of worship. In uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, and, and by the way, I, I need to let you know something. We're going to cover lots and lots of Scripture really, really fast, okay? Uh, and so the Scripture will be on the screen. I would invite you uh, to follow along, if, if you can, in, in, your God's wor- in, in God's Word. Um, but we also have it in the Version Bible app, and so at Bible.com, and uh, search for live events, and we are there. Um, and also, uh, if you want these notes, uh, let me know after service, and I will gladly send these over to you. But in Matthew chapter 2, verse uh, 11, it says, On coming to the house, this is talking about the, the Magi going to, to, to Jesus um, uh, after the birth. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So this passage says that they fell down. They bowed down before you. So let me ask you something. Is it something, is it, is it appropriate for, a, for men of that stature, wise men from an, other countries who are very important people, is it appropriate for them to bow down to a child? Well, probably not, unless that child is a king of kings and the Lord of lords and he is Savior of the world. And so it wouldn't be right in our opinion that a, an adult would bow down to a child, but with Christian doctrine, yes, we should bow down uh, to, uh, to our Savior. Um, so let me, let's go through the expressions of worship. Um, there are six of them that we're going to uh, talk through today. And so I'm going to go to them pretty quickly, and then we'll be done. Uh, clapping. Clapping is an expression of worship, okay? An expression of worship. Uh, when, you are at a, uh, when you're at a concert, and you're clapping along with uh, Kenny Chesney or whatever concerts you go to, or, you know, the Van Halen, you know, United Tour, you know, Reunion Tour, or whatever. If you're clapping along with that, then you, uh, you're worshiping that, all right? You're worshiping that music. Okay, and I'm not saying, like, it's, an, uh, it's sort of an, an idol. You're like, hey, this is, this is good stuff. I, I approve of this. Okay, and so I like this. I like this so much that I'm clapping along with it. And uh, but clapping is a biblical form of worship, and uh, we can share this in um, in two different ways. Uh, clapping uh, we, is expressed with victory over our enemies. So whenever there's victory over our enemies, uh, we're going to read a scripture here in a second. Then we clap. In the book of Nahum, it's, um, it says this in Nahum 3.19. Nothing can heal you. Your wound is fatal. All who hear the news about you clap their hands at your fall. For who has not felt your endless cruelty? Now this is referring to the king uh, of, of Assyria. Uh, saying that he's going to uh, he's going to uh, to fall, and so when um, when the city would conquer another city, when um, they would bring in the captives from the conquered city into the city that sort of won, they would parade them through the city gates, and the people who were not in uh, the army, mostly the women and children and, and other dignitaries that weren't in the in the army, what they would do is they would all stand and they would clap. Now they weren't clapping. For, for the captives, they were clapping like, hey, we beat you. We beat you, all right? We 
uh, we won. We conquered you. So it was a sign of victory. And another expression of, of clapping is, is with the joy of the Lord. In Psalm 98.8, it says, Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. In Isaiah 55.12, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. So when we clap our hands... It's an expression of victory or expression of joy. Expression of victory or expression of joy. Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you clapped your hands? Now, I know we just got through clapping hands in here. And, you know, sometimes we kind of clap in, in between songs. And, and, and I hope, I hope that, that, that most of you are clapping because, man, those words are awesome. I love my Savior, my God. He's a great and awesome God, wonderful cross, beautiful cross. Here I am to worship you, and I worship you with my clapping of my hands, and there's joy in that. But how many of you have really clapped in your life? Have you ever, have you ever stood in a quiet place, maybe, maybe in a room at a house, in, there, in your house, maybe you were, you were alone, and, or maybe in a secluded place somewhere, and you just started clapping? to God. Just start clapping. Just you by yourself. It may seem a little awkward, but clapping to God, say, God, I just joyfully, I praise you. I praise you. I encourage you to do that. I, I do that uh, every now and then when I'm, you know, sometimes when I'm by myself and sometimes when I'm not, you know. I'll just start clapping and say, thank you, Jesus. And let me ask you this. How many of you have clapped because of the victory God wants to do in your life. Maybe because of the victory he wants to do in your life. You're clapping. Clap because of the victory God has helped you with over your enemy or maybe what God wants to do in your life. So clap to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You delivered me from this habit, from this addiction. You delivered me from this enemy, from this person who keeps bringing me down. You've de de delivered me from whatever that is. So clap to the Lord, victory and joy. Um, next um, expression of worship is shouting. Shouting, Psalm uh, 47.1 says, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Uh, Galatians 5, uh, uh, sorry, 4.27. For it is written, Be glad, barren women, you who never bore a child, shout for joy and cry aloud, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate women than of her who has a husband. So, so uh, when, we, when we shout, it's, it's a shout of, um, of worship. You say, well, how, how do we shout? How do we shout? How do we, how do we shout for joy? Well, you, you shout by just by just saying, Lord, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You just, you raise your voice. When it gets to the point to where, to where your shouting praises to the Lord are much louder than the shouts of this world, then uh, all the noise is coming into your world from your kids, your spouse, your, your job, your whatever it is. You shout to the Lord and you give praise to him. Shout to the Lord when you're driving in your car. Stop shouting at the people in the traffic, okay? 
Okay, don't flip the bird. Shout to the Lord. All right? And so that's what we want to do. Shout to the Lord. You want to freak some people out of the highway? Roll your window down and start shouting to the Lord. We give you praise, Almighty. We love you, Lord. I love you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for saving me. Shout to the Lord. All the earth. And it's, it's faith. It's it's faith. And notice in the battle of Jericho, in the battle of Jericho, they actually shouted before God gave them the victory. They shouted. God says, march around the city. And they did all that. Now, now I want you to shout. Uh, shout? All right. We'll shout. They obeyed. And then the walls came down after they shouted. You want walls to come down in your life? You're ready for walls to come down in your life. Walls that are giving you, that are keeping you from being the person God wants you to be. Walls that are pinning you in with addictions, with, with uh, bad relationships, bad choices. Or do you want that to be, you want to be freed from that? You want those walls to come down? Then it's time for you to shout. Amen? Say amen. amen. Shout amen. amen. There we go. Good. Goodness gracious. All right. I'm serious, y'all. This, this is not me talking. This is, this is God's word. This is straight from God's word. I didn't make this up. Biblical expressions of worship. You want the walls to come down? Shout. Some of you are wondering, well, when God delivers me, then I'll shout. God's like, shout for me and I'll deliver you. Shout for me and I'll deliver you. That's the lesson we learned in Jericho. It's good stuff. Singing, an expression of worship. Singing. Psalm 95.1, come, let us sing for the joy of the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 96.1, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Y'all, these are just, there's tons of verses about all of these expressions of worship. Numbers 21, 16 through 17. From there, they continued on to beer. Now, that's not, that's not beer, but like beer. You say, say wow, there's a, there's a well with beer in it? <laughs> hey, that's, that's reason to shout. I'll shout about that. No, but from there, they continued on to beer, the well where the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, spring up a well, Sing about it. Now, this was, a, this was a dry well. This was a dry well, the, drill, the well of Beer. And so the Israelites came over there, and God said, okay, I want, you to, I want you to sing to this well. I want you to sing to this well. So imagine people are around this well, this huge well, and they're like, and it's dry, and they're singing to this well. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up. And they were singing and they were singing, and they were shouting, probably clapping their hands, maybe dancing. And what happened? The dried-up well came forth and gave them water. Do you have dryness or barren land in your heart, in your life? Maybe different areas in your life. Are, are, you, are you sort of dry? Or we mentioned earlier about the, the, the barren woman. Do you have those places in your life where it's dry? Then sing to the Lord. Sing, spring up 
O God's well within my soul, spring up. And that well will spring up within inside you. Put on some worship music. Put on some worship music in your car, around your house. Sing along. I know some of you sing great and some of you don't. They don't care. Doesn't matter. God's not listening to your voice. He's listening to your heart. So sing. That's an expression of worship. Uh, bowing and kneeling. Uh, another expression of worship. In Psalm 95, 6 says, Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So let me tell you the difference between bowing and kneeling. Now, bowing uh, represents uh, submission. Bowing represents uh, submission. And we're going to see, uh, one of these days, every knee will bow and every tongue, tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So everyone, believers, atheists, agnostics, whatever, everyone's going to bow before Jesus. That is submission. Bowing before him in submission. When, when uh, Satan, Satan even wanted uh, Jesus to bow before him. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 9, when Satan was tempting Jesus, he says, All this I would give you, Satan said. All this I would give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Submit to me. Bow down. Even Satan knows that bowing is a form of worship. It's an expression of worship. Let me tell you something. There are times you're going to need to bow and there's some times you're going to kneel. And when we kneel, kneeling represents honor. When I proposed to my wife, I got down on one knee and I knelt before her. Okay? I knelt before her because I honored her. Now I bow before her in submission. <laughs> no, but really, I mean... I, I, I kneel before her. I kneel before her. Why? Because I honor her. I honor her, her love, her heart. And so there are times where you need to, we, we all need to bow, and there are times we need to kneel. Oh, God, I'm a sinful person. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm going to bow before you. I, I submit my life to you under your rule, under your authority only. And there are times when we kneel in honor of our Savior, in honor of Him. And so that is an expression, a biblical expression of worship. Lifting hands. Got two more. We're done. Lifting hands. What does lifting your, uh, your hands represent? It represents blessing. In Psalm uh, 63, 4, it says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Luke 24, 50, when he, Jesus, had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. So he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Jesus lifted up his hands and blessed them, the people. So, so if, Jesus, if Jesus can lift up his hands to you, why can't you lift your hands up to Jesus? Because he did. Of course, the ultimate way he lifted up his hands was on the cross. Say, well, he was nailed. Yeah. He, that was by choice. That was by choice. So I encourage you, let lifting up your hands be an expression of worship. Well, you know, Frank, I just, I just can't really seem to get my hands up to do that. I just, I'm not that kind of expression kind of person. And, and please understand, I'm not trying to make you someone you are not. Please understand this. I, ha I have worshiped so strongly 
on my knees without lifting hands at all. And I've, li- and I've, and I've also worshipped just as strong raising my hands. All I'm saying is this. I would, I would encourage you to use the expression of lifting up your hands because it's a sign of, a sign of surrender to the Lord. I surrender to you, and I, and I honor you, and I love you. So I would encourage you to lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and try it. Maybe try, try it when you're, don't, don't try it when you're driving, you know, but try it just when you're alone, you know, it's okay. Um, the, uh, all right, dancing. Oh, let me, let me share with you uh, one more thing about lifting up hands. When, when our children were little, especially Madison and Landon, Madison was, um, was at a point where when I came home from work, I used to be a school teacher, then I'd kind of have some meetings at church because I was also a worship pastor. And so I would get home, and as soon as I come in through the, through the back door, the garage area, she would hear the door, she'd yell out, Daddy's home, and she would run as fast as she could and run and jump into my arms, and she'd have her arms up like this. And I'd pick her up, and I'd hold her. Now, I wouldn't do that now. I would fear for my life if she came. Those who know Madison, college athlete, you know, she would really uh, run me over. But, but she, she, is, um, she would do that. And then she taught Landon how to do that. In fact, there would be times I'd walk in, and she'd be sitting there on, in, the, in the living room, and she'd see me, and she'd yell out, Landon, Daddy's home. And Landon here, Landon off in, in, in another room, kind of mutter something, blah, blah, blah. And they all just kind of come running as fast as they could, and they'd jump in my arms, and they'd reach their arms up, and, and, and they would say, Daddy's home, lift their arms. I miss those days. I miss those days. And we got great days at our house. Don't get me wrong. I love the stage of life we're in. But I miss those days. Some of your parents probably had the same thing happen to you. I miss those days. Is Jesus, could Jesus be saying the same thing to you? I miss those days when you would come to me with a heart ready. Just open arms. Just undignified. Moving your pride away. I miss those days. Come to the Father like that. Come to the Father with open arms. <laughs> open arms. Daddy's home. Daddy's here. God is here. That is worship. That is why we lift up our hands. Last expression of worship when we're done. Last expression of worship is dance. Dance. Psalm 149.3, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with timbrel and harp. Psalm 150, verse 1 through 6. So we're going to read the whole chapter. There's only six verses. So look at this. Okay, so praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. 
Praise him with the strings and pipes. Praise him with the clashing of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Dancing is one of those things. We are to praise the Lord with the full expression of worship. Jesus went on in Luke chapter 7, verse 31 through 32. Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not cry. Jesus is saying, he's saying this, look, you're going to miss you're going to miss me. He's telling the people, he's telling the children of Israel, look, I was born and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't come to me and worship me. Okay, I, Gentiles worship me. Right? You didn't worship me. I, I'm going to die and you're not going to, you're not going to be there worshiping me. You're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on, on, on what I'm trying to do in your life. God is saying the same thing to us. Don't miss out. Let, let dancing happen. <laughs> let dancing happen. It's like, well, how do, how do I dance before the Lord? I don't know. Napoleon Dynamite style? I don't know. You know, but, but I, I, I do know this, that we need to get to the point in our worship where we are undignified. It's not about us. It's not about how we look. We're focusing so much on, on how we look to others and what do we look like with our Father. And so 